0: Well, hello, my food biz whizzes. We are cruising into 2021. If you are feeling refreshed and ready to take on this year and ready to grow your business this year, I'm betting that's most of you if you're listening to this podcast, then you are going to want to turn up the volume on this episode. In today's show, episode 78, I'm talking through my short list of things to avoid as you grow your food or beverage brand in 2021. This list is going to help you avoid making those expensive mistakes. It's going to help you ensure you're not wasting your time or your energy, and it's going to provide you with some industry insider info that I know many of my retail ready students wish that they had heard when they were in the first few years of their business. Let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. All right, my whizzes. So as much as I love telling my Retail Ready students what To do, sometimes it's valuable to hear what not to do with your food or beverage brand. In this episode, I'm sharing a quick list of things to avoid in 2021 based off the mistakes that I've seen brands make in the past. Now, if you've made these mistakes, don't worry. This episode isn't to shame you or to make you feel guilty. I see folks make these errors all of the time, you know, in year one of their business, in year 10 of their business happens all the time. I mean, heck, running a business basically guarantees that you will make countless missteps. I mean, gosh, I could do an episode of (laughs) all the mistakes that I have made in the past seven years of running my own business. It would be a long episode. So let's not dwell on the past and let's make sure that you are making wise choices moving forward. I'm going to break up this episode into two parts. First, we're going to talk about three mistakes to avoid around the operations of your business. And then I'm going to add in three mistakes to avoid around the founder's role in the business. So let's talk through these operational mistakes first. Here they are, and then I'll get into detail on each one. So mistake number one is growing too quickly. Mistake number two is not having a plan for getting off the shelf. And mistake number three is thinking that direct-to-consumer is easier, faster, and cheaper. So before I get into those mistakes, I want to acknowledge two mistakes that I have made myself on this podcast. So the first one (laughs) is that I called Thanksgiving Indigenous People's Day back in November. It just came out of my mouth, and I didn't even think twice about that phrase, and I sent it off to my production team. So a few of you pointed out mistake, my mistake, and I am so appreciative of that. Thank you for that. So secondly, (laughs) secondly, a mistake that I've been making since the very first episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast is that I've been signing off my shows with the phrase, stay busy. I'm sure you've heard me say that before, right? Stay busy. Now in my show notes, I'm, I'm saying stay busy as in B I Z Y, like a play on the words food, biz, whiz, right? B I Z Y. I didn't realize that this, in hindsight, obviously wasn't translating over audio until a wonderful retail ready student pointed it out to me a few weeks ago. So she DM'd me and she was like, she asked why I why the heck I would encourage folks to stay busy when my whole argument is for working smarter, not harder. And I in that I had this light bulb moment that that phrase wasn't coming across as I had wished. So that's a mistake number two. I am going to stop saying that phrase. I'm going to have to brainstorm whether or not we replace it with a another signature sign off. But for now, I'm going to drop the stay busy phrase because you know that I don't care about busy work, all right? Okay, so let's move on to the mistakes that you guys can avoid. So that first one was growing too quickly. I see this all the time. My early stage food founders in Retail Ready seem really grateful for any accounts, and they often say yes to new accounts, just because of the promise of a purchase order, right? And I know why this happens. First, it's flattering <laughs> that someone wants to carry you on their shelves, especially in those first days when you're in the that tough time, that work of launching your business. And then that time has been so oh, endless, so time-consuming and potentially quite grueling, right? So it's great to see your efforts pay off. People want your product. It's flattering but here's what this mistake looks like. Let's say, for example, that you are a barbecue sauce brand founded in North Carolina. You've launched and you're selling regionally and you're basically doing it all. You're producing the product, you're hand delivering to your wholesale accounts, you're packing your product yourself as you sell direct to consumer. Maybe you're even driving to the post office. You're managing all the details of your growing business. Then... Then a well-regarded specialty chain in LA reaches out and they ask to carry your product. You are flattered, right? They are the perfect fit for you. And how cool would it be to say that you are selling in Southern California? (sighs) Or perhaps you're doing just fine selling regionally, and then someone tells you that you've got to display at Expo West. That's where all the legit brands meet buyers, right? I'm sure you've heard this you get all excited, you sign up for a booth, whether that's in person or virtual, it doesn't matter in this example. You display, you meet a whole bunch of buyers only to realize that you don't have the capacity to fulfill orders all around the country, or you don't have the volume to be attractive to that distributor who is going to help you boost your reach, or you do get a 300-door purchase order for Walmart at that show, and now you're freaking screwed (laughs) because you simply don't have the cash on hand to produce enough product to fulfill those orders. But, and here's where the challenge comes in, growing too quickly and expanding faster than you can handle leads to big problems down the road. I've seen this happen, my whizzes. It is glamorous To say that you sell nationally, but when your ambition outpaces the rate at which you can nurture your accounts and remain operationally sound, you are shooting yourself in the foot. So I want to make sure that you are growing strategically. All right. Okay. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two that I don't want you to make in 2021 is not having a plan for getting off the shelf. You have heard me talk about this before on the podcast, and it basically comes up every single week inside of Retail Ready, but I want you to hear this loud and clear. If you don't have a plan for driving sales once you do land on those retail shelves, you are making a big, big mistake. We often say that getting on the shelf is the easy part. I mean, it's it's not that easy, (laughs) but heck, it can feel easier than getting off the shelf and into shoppers' baskets. You'll hear people in our industry refer to this as product discovery, and it can be a real challenge, especially with COVID, as folks are typically spending less time browsing in the grocery store, and they're doing more click and collect of their old standbys. I mean, myself included. I'm definitely doing this. It is really hard to change consumer behavior, so you have to have a rock-solid plan on how you are going to drive sales once you do land on the shelf. I've got a few past podcast episodes that are going to help you out here, which I'm going to link in the show notes, on how to drive sales when you can't do demos, what you do if if sales are slow, how to support your brand once you get on the shelf, so check them out if you are at a loss. But my whizzes, I do want to be really realistic with you here. If you land on the shelf and you have slow sales, if you are the slowest seller in your category, there's only so long that a buyer is going to keep you on their shelves. Every single inch of the grocery shelf space in that store needs to make money or help the buyer hit their category goals. So if you are not contributing to that, you are going to get cut. There's no easier, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no easier way to say that. Okay, so the last mistake that I want you to avoid this year is thinking that direct to consumer is easier, faster, and cheaper. And I, again, I know why you think this. There are so many brands out there that launch on Instagram that post pretty pictures, and they claim to be sold out of their products within hours or days. It is natural that you would think that direct-to-consumer is the way everything is going, and I just want you to be a little bit cautious here. I have this theory that I call the 14.4 effect, and I talk about it in my masterclass on growing your packaged food business, which I know, I know, gosh, at this point, there have been a few thousand of you who have watched this masterclass, so I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes too, but in short, it's this. This is what the 14.4 effect is. Direct-to-consumer sales can work for certain brands and for certain categories, but it is expensive, and you have to be very savvy as a digital marketer with a big budget to spend on on paid advertising. So Shopify conversion rates hover around 3%, so that means for every 100 people who come to your website, three of them will purchase. So again, I'll link those stats in the show notes. You can see the reports directly. So I want you to look at your data from this past year. How many people visited your website last month? How many people on average visit your website every week? If 3% of those visitors purchased, how much revenue would you earn? Typically for the emerging brands that I work with, the numbers, the website traffic just isn't high enough to have direct-to-consumer be your main sales strategy. Again, I'm I'm all about the multi-pronged approach here, the omni-channel strategy. I love seeing brands sell direct to consumer. I love seeing them sell through wholesale accounts. I love it when you dip your toes into food service. It can all come together to create a harmonious sales strategy. But you've got to be realistic about the volume in each channel. Okay. Okay. So we're going to pause right here for a quick sponsor, and I'm going to be back in a moment to talk through three more quick things to avoid as we head into 2021. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Okay, my wizzes, we are back, and we covered those three operational and growth mistakes that I see founders make in our industry, and now I want to turn back towards you. You are the lifeblood of your business, and time and time again, I see founders putting everything ahead of themselves and their own health and well-being in order to succeed. Here are three things that I really want you to think about as you move forward this year. Now, I'll just say this. I know it's easy to... Want to tune out right now <laughs> to tell me that I don't understand, that you can't prioritize yourself when you're running your business. But hear me out, okay? I'm not just going to tell you to take baths and get pedicures. That is not where I'm going in this episode. So, first, I want you to avoid the mistake of going at it alone. The food industry can be lonely, it can feel like everyone else has the answers, right? Everyone has the answers except you. It can feel like you're the only person in your network who is worried about getting their next shipment of glass jars or debating if you are going to do a six ounce or eight ounce packaging, or you're the only person in your (laughs) friends and family who knows what a 3PL is. Your friends and family try to relate, but they just can't. It's lonely. I see food business owners go at it alone for one of two reasons. First, you might go at it alone because you're afraid that someone else is going to steal your idea or take your sales strategy or somehow copy something of yours. You guys, the faster you can get this worry out of your head, the faster you will succeed. You can't just sit around afraid that someone's going to take your nut butter recipe, right? Every business is different. I believe that there is room for all of us. We each have different talents. We have different ways of marketing our businesses. We have different ways that we relate to our target audiences. We have different dreams and ambitions. Don't let the fear of someone else copying you be the reason why you don't get and give support from other entrepreneurs. You need the support and you need the community more than you know. The other reason why I think founders go at it alone is simply because you don't know where to go. You think you can't afford to investing in a consultant or an educational program or a training because you're just breaking even in your business. But here's the thing, you aren't growing because you get to a point where you don't have the answers on your own. Now, I know that this is hard to hear because you are a food entrepreneur. You have bootstrapped it It all up until now, right? You've always learned things yourself. This might be a point of pride for you. You've been really resourceful and you know how to problem solve all by yourself. And that is great. But there comes a point in every business's growth where you simply don't have the resources, maybe that's time or money or sanity, to figure it out solo. And that's where help can come in. I have experienced this first firsthand countless times in my own business. I get to a certain point and then I just plateau. I can't figure out how to get over that next hurdle. I mean, for the first few years of my business, I just, I just stall basically. And I would waste time and I would try to work harder to get to the solution. It's like, I just need to think about this more. I just need to <laughs> I just need to sit down and like think harder. <laughs> Once I realized that I didn't have to just work harder, that I had to invest in the learning to get over the next hump, I mean, it, it felt like a magic door was unlocked. Of course I could figure out this next thing. I just had to find the resources to do so every single time. I mean, no joke, every single time my investments have paid for themselves So I want that for you this year. I want you to realize that you don't have to plateau in your business. You don't have to go at it alone. So whether you join us here in Retail Ready or if you hire a one-on-one consultant or you do a one-off training, I mean, I don't care. I'm just over here (laughs) encouraging you to take the leap and invest in your business in whatever capacity feels right for you so you don't have to go at it alone. Okay, mistake number two that I see founders make is never Taking a break. I get it. It's so easy to work most days of the week and think that you've got to just keep on pushing through. You guys know what I'm going to say here rest time is productive time. It's painful, it's hard, it's a mental battle that you are going to have to get over, but you have to take time off in order to come back refreshed and ready to keep moving forward. Give yourself the gift of a weekend. Better yet, a long weekend or a week. Man, do a staycation, your choice, but I don't want you to make it another full year without getting some downtime. I'm not gonna say much more on this mistake because it's really straightforward. Put up a notice on your online shop that orders will be shipping again seven days from now and take that time off. So finally, mistake number three, our very last mistake that I want you to avoid in 2021 is a big one that comes up over and over again inside of Retail Ready. And here's the mistake I see. Comparing your starting point, your month one or your year one, to someone else's ending point or someone else's mid-journey or someone else's year three. And here's what it looks like. You've launched your business and you're gaining some traction, but it might be slow going. You're selling here and there and you feel like you've got a lot of moving pieces right now. You know, you probably should get a newsletter going, but you haven't yet. You feel like you should be more consistent on social media. You've got that buyer you know you need to follow up with. You want to implement a CRM. You know, you need professional photography, right? On and on and on. There's so many things to do. And then sure enough, a supposedly new brand pops up on your radar. Maybe they're in your online community or they come up in your Instagram feed. And man, they look Good. They announced they're now in all Whole Foods markets in the mid-Atlantic region. They just want a pitch slam. They've got some crazy influencer to promote their product. I mean, what gives, right? (laughs) We've all seen these brands. Well, comparison is the thief of joy. You've heard that before, I'm sure. And it's totally true here. Comparison is the thief of joy i like to remind my Retail Ready students, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes in someone else's business. You have no way of knowing how long they pitched that Whole Food market buyer before they got a yes. You have no clue if they paid that influencer $10,000 to promote their product. You have absolutely no idea what sort of paid advertising campaigns they're running and if they're even profitable with their e-commerce sales. I mean, sure, it all looks good from the surface, but you have no idea what is going on underneath the hood. So I want you to stop the comparison game in 2021, remembering that you are on your own unique journey. Your business doesn't look like anyone else's, and that's what makes it unique, and that is why you will find success. Whew! Okay, my whizzes. (laughs) There you have it. To recap... I've got six mistakes that I want you to avoid this year. And here they are. First one was growing too quickly, growing too quickly outside of your region, taking on national accounts, growing too quickly into distribution. Don't grow too fast. Number two was not having a plan for getting off the shelf. Remember, it's fairly easy to land on the shelf, but you got to keep up those sales once you do. If you don't have a plan for product discovery, you need to stop. (laughs) Number three was thinking that direct-to-consumer is easier, faster, and cheaper. Unless you are a savvy digital marketer, you want to make sure that you have an omni-channel strategy. All right, mistake number four was going at it alone. Don't do it solo. You are going to, you're going to burn yourself out. Number five was take a break. Protect your mental health. We need you to be strong founders in order to keep your business going. So take a break. And lastly, mistake number six was comparing your starting point to someone else's end point. So what did I miss? What is something big that you have learned to avoid or to stop doing? Let me know. Send me a DM. Come over to our Food Biz with Facebook group and continue the conversation with me. I would really love to know. Okay, so from here, oh my gosh, next week is going to be so good. I've got an awesome episode lined up for next Thursday. We are chatting with Cheryl O'Loughlin, who is an ultimate powerhouse in our industry. She's the founder and CEO of Rebel. She's the former CEO of Cliff Bar. She is the woman behind Luna Bars. She's the co-founder of Plum. And now she is the co-founder of Jedi Collaborative. Jedi Collaborative is a nonprofit that's focused on creating more justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion in the natural products industry. We're talking all about how you can use the JEDI principles in your own businesses by following the JEDI journey. You are going to love her, I promise. Okay, until then, have a good one, my whizzes, and work smarter. See you later. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy!